The following programme is a repeat of The Farm Show, which airs Thursday nights on KCLR from 7. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. This is The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you with thanks to TierlawnFarmLife.com. Welcome to the special Christmas version of The Farm Show. I'm joined by an enthusiastic, I hope, panel in studio. Anne-Marie Butler, Head of Education with Chagas, Pat O'Toole, Political Correspondent with the Irish Farmers Journal. Uh, where to begin with uh, Michael Summers, forester, farmer, dramatist, actor... And we have George Candler, who will not be presenting a formal MART report tonight, but doubtless he'll have uh, things to say as ever. First of all, let's uh, start with Pat O'Toole. Pat, um, prices, weather, 2023, a a year to forget about? It'll be hard to forget. It'll take a while, but uh, I think farmers will wipe their feet on the 31st of December and move forward um, and hope for a better year. It was the opposite of 2022 in that uh, the combination of things that worked for farmers that year in terms of good prices, good weather and good yields, whether it was uh, cows milking or grain um, or grass crops, everything worked out. Uh, Despite all the trepidation we went into last year with around the conflict in the Ukraine and the massive rise in fertiliser costs and feed costs and fuel costs. This year, we still had the washout of those high costs and the worst fears came to be that by the time uh, we we look back on the year, by the time milk prices, we went into peak milk, the price had started to slide alarmingly. And we went from the high 50s of this time last year right back down to the low 30s of the start of 2022 uh, in terms of grain prices. A disaster, but the the price was actually the least disastrous part of the year. It was uh, it it would have been okay if we'd had yields and if we'd had weather to get our work done. But with a late spring, with a, a drought, then just as crops were starting to tiller, they threw off tillers. Then we had rain and weeds came to compete with what was left of the crop, and then with a terrible harvest, the worst since nineteen eighty five. For those who remember that, some people think it was worse than that, and we'll go back into the fifties. Uh, to find a comparable year. So, a disaster. And nothing can be done about it. We get years like this, just like we get years like last year. Uh, the resilience of farmers is such that we'll go again. Uh, but you'd have to say farmers can't afford two bad years in a row. Yeah, and, and, and those weather impacts spread right across uh, the, the whole agri-sector, the, the vegetable <clears throat> sector. Even grazing grass was problematic, particularly on heavier soils. And I would suggest that it went right back to the autumn of 2022. It did. and um, We've gone around the clock. We had two bad autumn. From the week of the ploughing in both 2022 and 23 on, we had a break in the weather that made maize harvesting difficult, that made uh, potato harvesting difficult, that made the planting of winter crops, especially fruit and veg crops, um, very difficult. And uh, so we, we're on the second cycle of disappointing weather, but we can make good on that if we get a good spring. Um, and we could do it a short winter as well because tanks weren't empty going into the winter. We've um, a longer close period and we also have the ban on spreading of dirty water uh, in December, which means that those tanks are filling as well. So January can't come soon enough for cattle and dairy farmers. Um, and then, I mean, 
from the political side of it, you had the whole area around the nitrate sterigation, the row uh, around that. And I suppose farmers feeling unloved uh, through the year. Um, having said that, uh, and I'll shut up after this bit, but I think that the um, the end of the year we've seen a changing of the guard. Francie Gorman is the new president of IFA. Dennis Drennan, the new president of ICMSA. A huge amount of enthusiasm in the IFA election campaign and uh, a fresh start, which, you know, may augur well. Yeah, Anne-Marie, Pat paints a, a, a legitimate and honest and realistic picture of, of the outcome of, of 2023. But it is, we hope, certainly an exceptional year. At the moment, uh, milk prices are rising. Beef prices have, have gone north of five euro and they need to keep steadily rising. Sheep prices are at least plateauing at a high level and probably fewer hoggets to come out next spring. So there won't be this, the usual kind of depression on, on sheep prices. A lot to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I think Pat describes it very well. And when you even listen and reflect, it's been quite the year. Um, and I suppose he, he finished there with the resilience of farmers, which I think sometimes we take for granted. Um, it's not everybody can be a farmer. Um, and I suppose anyone looking in from the outside would often wonder, God, how the show keeps going. Um, I suppose in my role uh, this time of year, uh, we have lots of graduations um, Matt, so I'm just finished a bit of a tour of the country from Donegal to Moor Park to Carlow to Limerick and all in between. And it's amazing the optimism and I suppose the vibrance of youth. You know, you can't beat it. And you're meeting young men and women from across the country from the 18, 19 year old to the maybe 50 something, 60 something year old who came back to us. Um, and while they m- many are coming from farms, many are I suppose embracing those challenges with their parents or their neighbours and friends there's still an enthusiasm there. Um, Now, I have found parents have said to me at events, God, why would you be a farmer? You know, and and that's, you know, feeding in from all that that Pat has recapped on there and the challenges. And I suppose you look at the bank, you know, you know yourself, Matt, I used to work in banking and you look at the, the bank account and the reality of trying to keep people in college and all that goes with that. But certainly from where I'm sitting, you know, that enthusiasm is there with the youth, but we have to mind them. You know, you can't continue with those kind of challenges and legislative changes um, and all that comes from calendar farming. But but certainly the science has to stay to the front and we have to support the youth. And look, I have a, a daughter in Loretto here and the, the variety of careers that are out there now, like I think she mentioned to me, is there 20 something subjects for your Leaving Cert? Um, so agriculture needs to stay front and centre because we need to be bringing in um, youth and enthusiasm and not necessarily from farms, you know, those who have a grow, have a passion um, and have a genuine interest and, and certainly we're all here to support them. Yeah, and hold, hold your thoughts on that because I do want to discuss the, demographic, the demographics. The, the, uh, they don't add up at the moment. But Michael Summers, as, as well as all your other hats, you are a farmer and it, it has the potential to be a great lifestyle. So many people just love to, to farm, to, to live and work in the countryside. Well, at the end of the day, we kind of forget that farmers are the custodian of, of the land. And we have said that from one generation to the next and depending upon whatever system we're in, resilience is a big part of it, no doubt about it. And I know Pat was talking about 1985. I vaguely remember 1985. I think about the only thing I do remember is the All-Ireland Cup coming to the school in Cohen after, say, Martin's winning the All-Ireland. But that was a really, really tough year as far as I remember uh, 20 
2023 was particularly difficult. I, I remember coming into you here a couple of years ago in 2018 and you were talking about having the drought down this part of Kilkenny and we were going, what drought in our part? Of it? And well, this is the year where we got our kickback because it was difficult and heavy ground uh, to be doing any kind of farming. And uh, Is it fair to say, Michael, that there are more opportunities now in farming and, and agri-related uh, careers than there ever were? Of course there is. Like, um, you look at the amount of courses that are on USD, plus the fact you look at the work that like Savannah Marie is doing in the opening up of more courses. Like, wh- when I was 18 doing the leaving sort, there was only one place you can do the degree. How many places now? Is there five? You know, like, so there's a big change from there. Um, you, you look at the amount of courses and you look at where the graduates are coming from. Like, uh, in, in my time, if you didn't go to UCD, you went to England and that was it. Whereby now, if you want to study agriculture in Ireland, there is an opportunity for you to get up to degree level. And that's that's a phenomenal development over the last 20 odd years. And, uh, like, we, we cannot forget that. And even seeing the youngsters coming from, from the various roles that they're coming from, and, like, it was very specialised at one stage but there seems to be an awful lot more broad church approach now which is always good because like the one thing about the agricultural sciences as opposed to the other types of sciences and I'm after coming back from doing various events during science week and how very specialised they are and when they're so very specialised next thing where do you get a job whereby at least within the agricultural sciences there's a good broad church there and there's a good industry there for them to move into it's not only that the courses are there which is very important but the jobs are there as well and like let's face it as we're talking about climate change and climate change targets the one sector that is going to be front and foremost in that is agriculture so it's it, it's a huge opening it's a huge development there and we have to embrace all elements that comes with that Yeah and of course when we speak about career opportunities the much heralded but yet to be announced veterinary college or veterinary colleges uh, yet to be uh, yet to be identified, but hopefully one of them will be in, in Kildalton uh, and, and it merits it. Uh, George, you look around the ring every week at, at cattle sales, sheep sales, horse sales up the country. Good scattering of young people, fa- young faces. Yes, Matt, but still not enough. Still, the if you look around the ring at a, a cattle sale, the, the, the age category is sort of uh, upper... Uh, 50s, 60s and, 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 and a bit more and I'd love to see more youngsters. I think there's more enthusiasm uh, I think to be a farmer you need to be resilient to be a farmer you need to be optimistic and uh, those two things alone so to people weather bad weather Mike, uh, Matt would get people down you can see it on their faces when they come in into the mart they're sort of dreary they're fed up they're, they're sort of when will this rain stop etc etc and, and when you see a little bit of a click now for, for example in the last couple of weeks we've seen a rise in dairy cattle prices but that has coincided with a lift in the milk price okay the beef cattle price has lifted also, not to where they should be to make a decent living, but it still is upward graft, you know, uh, things like that. But you see, one thing I think we forget in Ireland, we are ideally placed. And if all these people are putting out these rules, regulations, we have a basically a, gra- a grass base. We have animals out grazing grazing the lands, etc., etc. In other countries, Brazil, they, to make room for cattle, they have to cut down trees, etc., etc. So uh, same in Argentina, same in a lot of places. Uh, in China, for example, they're building enormous feedlots for cattle, you know. But, like, if we go for this green agenda, I don't think, as Pat mentioned, uh, farmers should be downtrodden about it. The farmers can produce the best milk, the best beef, the best lamb, the best whatever in this country because of our pure natural base. 
Pat O'Toole, we're, we're regularly being bombarded now with um, either a fright around artificial intelligence or its potential. To my mind, it has huge positive potential in agriculture to drive genetics, to drive climate mitigation initiatives, uh, to drive new technologies that we can embrace. The, the sky is the limit. I think agriculture, food production is going to transform over the next decade. Yeah, and I saw something last night. It was the uh, science fiction writer Arthur C. Clarke talking in the 1960s about the future. And he said the thing about the future is you cannot predict the future. It will be drastically different, but we we can't predict how. Um, and that it's, it, it's a rule of science that it's impossible to predict the future. But he then went on to talk about how communication will be the great change and how people will be changed by communication. It will be possible to work from anywhere um, and to, to carry out most of the activities that people get paid for from anywhere. Um, we have seen the introduction of artificial intelligence uh, in, into farming over the last 10 years. Um, I think you're right that it it can be transformative, but we do, in the meantime, have a labour shortage. Um, and it we're on the edge of disaster every spring. Um and, and we have a labour shortage specifically in the dairy sector. We also have a labour shortage among contractors uh, during the silage season. And this year, uh, we had a very spread out silage season. If you had a very intensive silage season, I don't know how it's going to happen because the bodies aren't there on the ground. We still have only 60,000 farmers uh, who say that they, who, who claim farming as their occupation. It fell significantly in the last census. So it seems to me that there's a job to be joined up where an awful lot of far- part-time farmers could be doing other farming operations rather than having to go to Dublin to work like I'm doing. But I'm speaking against myself. But I do think that uh, we are we have some pinch points coming. The next couple of years could be very tricky and we need to manage the labour resources very carefully within farming. Yeah, just before we go to the break, Anne-Marie, to turn that, um, question of a labour scarcity on its head. The demographics would suggest that we're losing farmers far more quickly than the numbers coming through agricultural colleges, university courses, apprenticeships and so on, which should suggest that there will be huge opportunities for those young people uh, across a range of activities in, in, in the agri-related sector. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I suppose there's hardly a week goes by we don't get somebody coming into some of the colleges um, looking to recruit, looking to promote, looking to talk to the students like the vast majority of our students when they finish math they're not going home to farm in their own right they're obviously going home to to help and assist uh, but many of them travel you know many of them get jobs in other places uh, and for many of them they know that their parents are you know uh you know, thankfully too young to retire. Um, but yet there are places where, you know, the, the reins are held on to for too long as well. Um, and that all important topic of succession becomes very important. And again, for my banking days, there was many places where you were trying to encourage people to have that conversation or even figure out who might be the successor. Um, but certainly, I think for people, if, if they have that interest, that's the big bit. Like if somebody's genuinely interested in farming of whatever sector um, and they have a that, that grow and that love for it, uh, God, there's a place for, for everybody. But I I think even at the Moorpark Open Day this year, there was a session on, on you know, uh, looking at employees and how you attract labour. And we heard from different employers in Cork, uh, like the David Ryan, the petrol station owner there, I think 140 staff um, on the books. And he was just talking about flexibility. He was talking about saying to staff, um, what days can you work? You know, uh, how many days in the week can you do? So if you can do three and someone else can do two. So thinking outside the box a little and and advertising the benefits of farming for those who are maybe not owning a farm 
but want to maybe drop the kids to school and then come. So I think we have to look outside those those boxes as well. Just before we go to the ad break, uh, I met Mabel Williams this evening. We don't normally do a shout out, but um, happy Christmas, Mabel, and uh, to your uh, children and grandchildren. The Williams family, who are steeped in farming for so many generations, we'll be right back after this ad break. The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. Our, our Farm Show. Christmas special in studio. We have Anne-Marie Butler, Pat O'Toole, Michael Summers and George Candler. And on the line, because I'm reversing roles, Sue has often rung me uh, on, a, on a Thursday evening on her own show uh, to discuss all matters agricultural. So I'm returning the favour. First of all, happy Christmas, Sue. And happy Christmas, Matt, from... The depths of County Kilkenny, a little bit south of the county. Ah, you could be in worse places. Sue, I'm going to put the quiz on you. Um, I've told you what magic day is. It's not due till about March, April. Uh, What is it? Magic day is, it's all about grass, isn't it? And Uh, I know that you, you're passionate about grass, Matt. And I think you've told me that magic day is the actual day when the grass, um, the the grass growth um, uh, is greater than the demand, is that right? Full marks, absolutely full marks. Full marks. It's the day oh, everyone waits for in spring. And tell me, I told you about that long-lived cow on our farm. Uh, I call her the invisible cow. Now, do you remember why I called her the invisible cow? Because she's she's what. God, she's, is she 24, Matt? Ah, no, she's 14. That's enough for anyone. 14, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and she's never okay. given an ounce of trouble. We never see her because she's never lame. She milks away, eats lots of grass, and uh, has gone very grey around the eyes, I have to say. But, uh, yeah, still working hard on on behalf of the, 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 the dairy herd. And S- she's very happy. All right, George, no need for... Um, sound effects uh, that's our George uh, he, he must be tippling too much of that non-alcoholic stuff that he's being uh, fed Sue tell me um, from the from the south of the county you're you're living in the countryside sure you're living the life in my opinion uh, for farmers especially and we were discussing it earlier it is a, a great lifestyle and and uh, there's great opportunities for young people especially getting into the sector Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I've lived here for like so many years now, Matt, and I've seen farming change enormously. Um, I suppose my nearest neighbours would be the Tracys, and I remember um, the parents of Johnny, who's the, the present farmer now, and he's got sons and daughters who aren't working the farm but are often working on the farm, if you know what I mean. Um, but I remember his parents, his father, um, herding the cattle beyond our gate, and they they were milk. It was a milking herd in a small small shed by you know modern standards now. And he'd walk past with the cattle, and he'd wear a, a hat, not a cap, but a hat. And uh, his his wife reared. Gosh, I think it was 14 children on that farm, all of them doing interesting things all around Kilkenny now, some of them farming, most of them not. 
uh, at this stage, but the home play is still going. And then there are other people up the, the valley, another uh, Tracy that I met out walking the other morning. And he was also a dairy farmer, you know, long since given it up and, you know, um, said he's, you know, leaving it for the young people with their robots and all the technology and everything now that obviously they didn't have in their day. But, you know, I've seen that over the time that I've lived here in in Ballyduff. Over the years, I've seen the farming practices change so dramatically, Matt. Yeah, quite amazing how farmers can uh, adapt and adopt new practices and move with the generations, whatever has to be done in many cases. Absolutely. But it's now that you mention it, you know, I walk every morning, Matt, um, and I walk up, you know, country lanes um, nearby. And, you know, every morning I'm seeing some aspect of farming and it's just a normal thing for me, you know, whether it's somebody going by on the the, the tractor bringing hay, um, you know, cows out on the road, um, you know, sheep up and down the the road, the odd lamb escaped, escaping during the season and that kind of thing, you know, but um, sure, it it is wonderful, as you say, Matt, like I I don't know myself where, where, where I live and I feel so lucky and as I know you'd say, you know, time and time again, it's the farmers that are looking after this beautiful countryside. There, I mean, there are hedges which, in the spring and summertime, are things of such beauty, of such incredible diversity. You know that it's it's just a wonder. Um, and my neighbour Johnny, that I mentioned there, he's a he's an organic farmer now, which I think he finds it quite surprising that he is himself now. You know, but. Um, you know, there are all those kind of things going on and then there are other people who are, you know, lease the land and they're big dairy farmers and they have different practices, you know, so it all goes on side by side. But um, we're blessed. We're blessed, really, to live in the countryside that we do. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll leave our conversation there, Sue, but uh, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, Matt. And actually, do you know what I'd love to mention just before we go? Um, Because like so many people, um, you know, back in my background, there is farming. And my grandfather, so my mother's father, um, who died when she was very young, and my mother died when when I was young, but he was a farmer up in the Sperran Mountains in the north of Ireland. And my daughter and I went up there to see their home place uh, last year and it was fantastic to see very different countryside but equally beauty uh, beautiful up there in in county tyrone so it's it's kind of it's in the blood too absolutely none of us i think have to dig very deeply to find some agricultural uh, connection Uh, take care so we'll 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 chat soon talk soon happy christmas to everybody in there matt pat o'toole um we lost a lot of good people this year. I, 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 I thought it was very fitting, and, and I'll just mention Parag Walsh, there are others, that the proposed uh, Sustainable Livestock and Grassland Research Centre in Moor Park should be named after Parag Walsh. He just gave so much to farming. By example, never mind his, uh, his, his, his involvement in representative organisations, but just as a farmer. Yeah, Padraig was someone who... Um spanned over the decades you know a, a short life way too short but in that time gave so much President Democra back in the 80s 
uh, and then uh, became president of IFA um, uh, at the second attempt um, and uh, I suppose presided over a, a term where the possibilities of dairy expansion became apparent um, and it was a time of optimism and uh, the inevitability that quotas would go grew uh, in, in the middle of the noughties. Um and, and of course we lost others James Nolan very locally to my parish uh, a huge loss to the community to his family naturally and to the hurling community the farming community Adrian Hayden just last weekend down in Greg Namana Cahal Morn down in, in Skioch so many good people uh, exemplars yeah. of all that's best in farming Yeah I, I lost a friend and neighbour at home Richard Redmond in Wexford who would have been well known even over here um, and uh, Look, we're, I suppose we have to be grateful for the time we get. Um, some people get taken way too soon. But the farming community does show a huge um, ability to come together and support families where a tragedy has occurred. And that's hugely important because community is ultimately what it's all about in Ireland. My long read at the weekend, uh, if my reader is out there, thank you. Um, uh, but it, it touched on that and uh, and how... Ireland really is a network, a fabric of connections and how those connections really kick in in times of trouble and, and, and distress. Anne-Marie Butler, you saw a very, very different type of community on a recent visit to Kenya. Yeah, I was very fortunate. Um, Matt, I spent a week in Kenya, flew into Nairobi and then travelled five hours north to a place called Molo, uh, rural Kenya at its best. Um, spent the week visiting farmers and in an agricultural college, Baraka College, which is run by the Franciscans um, and a couple of wonderful Franciscan brothers from Ireland who've given their life. But very interesting, Matt, you know, met farmers who are farming one tenth of an acre, met, uh, I suppose, a large farmer who had three tenths of an acre and had eight goats and was, uh, you know, kind of uh, the leader in that area. So 1940s Ireland, somebody said to me that I was visiting, but I suppose the big thing I took from it was the power of science and knowledge transfer. Um, You know, there's been, I suppose, a couple of decisions taken over there by people bringing in kind of genetics and types of cows that will not prosper, will not survive in that kind of arid terrain and farmers wondering why cows are dying. Um, But the power of education. You know, there's a lot of people out there who can't afford an education, particularly young ladies, um, and that they found it absolutely amazing that there was a female head of education in Ireland, you know. So it was a powerful week. I came home very thankful for what we have uh, and very thankful for, I suppose, the opportunities that are there. So um, I said, wonderful to see and the power of Irish people helping other people abroad as well. Go for a break and we'll have our final conversation. The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. Now our panel remains in studio. Anne-Marie Butler, Pat O'Toole, Michael Summers and George Candler. And I couldn't help uh, reflecting when Sue was speaking that it sounds like a bit, a little bit like Alice Taylor, for those of you who remember her waxing lyrical about uh, the rural idyll uh, down in South Kilkenny. Anyway, Michael Summers, I'm going to put your dramatic hat on because uh, as well as the day job as a forester and part-time farmer, you you give a huge amount of commitment to drama and the recent um, execution, we'll call it that, of the, the steward of Christendom uh, by Sebastian Barry down in Carlow was by all accounts an enormous success. We have received an awful lot of very positive 
views and reviews from people that was there which like at the end of the day when you're director and you're taking it yeah it, it, it's very welcome we put a lot of work into it we 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 delved into every part of the subtext in it we used an awful lot of drama techniques in it that maybe people that might not be looking at European theatre or maybe theatre from other parts of the world Suzuki Japanese theatre we put it all into this um we created a phenomenal piece of work. Uh, it's work that I'm very proud of. Uh, it's work that um, the Little Theatre in going into its 80th year should be very proud of. It's up there, I think, with some of the best productions. If there is a better production in Ireland, either on an amateur or a professional stage this year, I would like to see it. Uh, we had just a phenomenal time doing it. Phenomenal cast, phenomenal committee. And I can't say enough about anybody that attended it. We had some decent crowds at it. And like when the word went out that this was special, it meant an awful lot. Uh, at the end of the day, I probably gave the last 15 years solidly instead of going doing masters and PhDs and all sorts of things. I've, I, I've spent time in, in drama schools. Uh, going to Europe, going to Spain and Germany and places, learning techniques and evolving techniques and hopefully people could have seen it last week or three weeks ago that it was in the GBS in Carlo. Yeah, and what's interesting and and I'm enthused by it is the fact that despite most audiences now being uh, removed, once removed from, from farming, from agriculture, from rural Ireland. An awful lot of Sebastian Barry's work reflects on rural Ireland, on farming. He lives in, in, in rural Wicklow. People can still make a, a huge connection with that. Most definitely. Like at the end of the day, this was a play about a man that was in Dublin as a, a police inspector and he came back home to farm. That's effectively what it is. And even looking at those lovely moments that Kate O'Connor gave as, as Thomas as a, as a boy, looking and feeding the calves and putting his hands up and sucking the calves and the sucking their finger, feeding the chickens, catching the eggs, all small little things like that. And like I, 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 I'm going to be honest about this. That was effectively me embracing what I was doing as a child. And you can show that within in that system and, and, and within that framework and jo- those mime sequences that, that Kate in particular was in or even from the point of view of the going into Bolton last scene and, 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 and we uh, utilising the horse and the cart and the importance of what the horse was in the 1870s 1880s uh, yeah look it was it was a phenomenal piece yes, and um, hopefully we might be bringing it back and well done I, I think it should go on tour at the very least mm. it's, 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 it sounds absolutely brilliant George Candler you've strutted your hour upon the stage many times uh, still involved in, in musical and so on and so forth but uh, I specifically wanted to get an end of year report on our two weeks where we had a, a chaotic auction here on the farm show at the, the Lions Club the outcome Adida was mentioned on this uh, show tonight about the enthusiasm and, and, and uh, the fact that the farming community get together to support something number one uh, the farm show, well done. Uh, eight and a half thousand was brought in. But not only that, a subject, as you know, Matt, close to my heart, cancer. Um, uh, we did a fundraiser uh, in the Mart, just asked fellas to contribute. People voluntarily came up, gave me 10, 20, 30. Your man turned his back on me. What the F are you collecting for now? And I told him it was Carla Kilkenny home care team. He turned his back on me. I said, what the heck is he here he says I looked at it I presume it was a tenner a hundred euro check another man gave me a check he said here you go I said oh grand another hundred euro check I looked again it was a thousand euro check so the enthusiasm of people 
there's no home hasn't been struck by it. We, we mentioned people in this programme that have been struck by that awful virus of cancer. And uh, I suppose, uh, and, uh, you know, mine at the moment is shelved. It's uh, hopefully, as my, as my oncologist tells me, it's dormant at the moment. So hopefully it'll stay there. But uh, thanks to everyone for the hamper appeal. A total, a grand total of 33,000 was brought in for the, for the people uh, in the whole between concerts, one thing or the other. On, on the cattle front and the sheep front in Kilkenny Mart, thanks, uh, folks out there, because without your help, uh, raise it, doing fundraisers. And I want to thank Martin and yourself for giving us the time to promote all these items on, on, on the farm show. And um, we'll be back in Kilkenny on the 4th of January. That's Thursday. And on the 6th of January, uh, January the, the, sorry, the 8th of January, it's the Monday for sheep. And... Uh, on the ninth is cull cows and winners. But um, I suppose, Matt, I, I, I want to say the generosity of farmers is brilliant. And so say all of us. Anne-Marie, it's, it's not just at Christmas time. The Irish are renowned for generosity and it's not just rural Ireland, urban Ireland. It's everyone. They'll dig deep for worthy causes on, on, on a regular basis. Whether there's something steeped in our DNA from olden times or what but uh, it's there and it's still alive and well It is and um, and it's great to see and that whole I suppose the metal and everything of years ago and and community supporting each other and as people have said in, in times of sorrow and, and times of celebration um, certainly right across Ireland and the smallness of the country as well I think you know any of us chatting here tonight you're, you know everybody knows everybody you'll find a link um, but I just think there's something nice in us Matt and uh, it's great that it hasn't been lost and you know Covid was bad on so many fronts but some of those things did come back a little you know and the joy of being able to see people again it's amazing um, how going across the road one time to meet my neighbour felt like a, a release uh, you know the things you took for granted so I think people will always dig deep and um, it's great and well done to George and the whole team because that's a powerful amount that'll help so many Yeah and taking um, taking ideas out of, out, out of the air literally now it's it's a non sequitur if you like, but the twenty first of December, the shortest day of the year, that the things will turn uh, from there on slowly but surely. We'll have that famous cock step of longer days. But for anyone who didn't get tickets to uh, Newgrange, there is of course the local Knockro up in Wine Gap, uh, a phenomenal experience. I was there one year when the clouds parted at dawn and the light shone through those stones, and uh, you know you could have been back there in in in, in prehistoric times. It was absolutely Absolutely fabulous. We're going to take one more ad break and a final roundup. The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. Just time for our panel of Anne Marie, Pat, Michael, and George to give us their best hopes for 2024. Pat. Wearing my political correspondent hat, we've got local and European elections in 2024. Um, We'll have a new commission uh, voted by the governments of Europe. It'll be very different to the current commission. We've had some governments lurching to the far right across Europe. Mercifully, we've had the reverse happen in Poland. But the outcome of the Dutch elections has to be a cause for concern. And uh, the hope would be that Ireland at least elects MEPs who will represent the best of Ireland in the parliament. We need a rational parliament just as we need a rational commission if we're going to have outcomes. And Europe is so crucial to everything we do in Irish farming. So I think that that would be my hope for 2024. Anne-Marie. 
I suppose, Matt, this year we were fortunate. We launched new apprenticeships in Chagask. Um, earn as you uh, learn, as you earn, as the generation apprenticeships say, but they're in agriculture, horticulture, sports turf, and we're working them on an equine. So I'm looking forward to this year that they, I suppose, hit the ground running and that we get the word out. And we have good numbers in, but there's plenty of capacity to take in more. Um, and I suppose it's engaging with employers. So it's a it's a whole realm of learning, new, learn, new pathways. Um, and it's exciting. It's great to meet them and their employers. Um, and I'd love if Freshford could come up up out of junior Matt so I'll add that to my own personal wish list well, they have to toil for another while and uh, of course we'll hope for uh, good news on the on the veterinary college front that uh, Kildalton will be a base Michael Summers your your hopes for 2024 well I hope Kilkenny stops uh, Limerick doing the five in a row which nobody has mentioned you know like uh, I think that's a, a big block of work that has to be done during the year. Uh, personally, uh, again, it's look, 23 has been a very tough year, as we've said already, so hopefully that uh, it won't be as, as hard from a weather point of view and and that the yields will be there next year. And again, like it's just seeing those opportunities and taking them as they come along. George, put a smile on cattle farmers' faces. Yes, well, hopefully at the moment it looks as though things sh- should remain fairly, fairly, fairly positive in the in the beef front. Um, it, once again, it's very, very difficult to read ahead. Sheep prices, as you mentioned, have been sort of steady. Uh, a rise in milk prices is welcome. Uh, it would appear that that would continue. It, w- it mightn't reach what we saw before, but at least more confidence being pumped into that sector. And uh, health, Matt. I hope that everyone is healthy uh, going uh, go throughout the year. And uh, you know. That little generosity you've seen here in Kilkenny and throughout, that it may long continue. And as I was in, in Crow Park last Sunday, it was an absolute joy to see Dixborough bringing home the All-Ireland Trophy. And of course, as as Michael uh, uh, concurred, uh, Tipperary said to me, George, what the F are you supporting Kilkenny for? I'm here 51 years and the chance of Kilkenny and Roscommon playing in hurling will be slim and none. So hopefully this 2024 will be Kilkenny's year. Probably a long shot. I might even get you to sing out on Jingle Bells or something in a moment. Uh, For me, Matt O'Keefe, thanks the the panel, everyone who participated. Until next year, God knows, uh, next year, farm well, farm safely, good night and goodbye. Take it away, George. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good tidings we bring to you and your kin. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com.